maybe somehow you haven't heard, but we are in the midst of a battle for the Super Bowl. Even if you're not a pro football fan, you've probably heard it, seen on TV someplace. And what happens is it starts out with 32 teams at the beginning of the season, all with the same goal. Then it narrows down to 14 teams to get into the playoffs. So you're seeing that you're that much closer. Well, now it's down to four teams. Each one will be sure that they're going to get the big fancy thousands of dollar ring to wear. So 18 teams didn't make playoffs. 10 teams have already been eliminated. And this coming Sunday, we'll see two teams headed for Las Vegas, two teams headed home. When they leave Las Vegas on February 11th, one is going to be ecstatic and the other team is going to be dejected. Is that one team going to be the best of the best? Well, if it's your team, sure they are. But as we know, the best team doesn't always win. Sometimes the lesser team just really had a great day. Everything just clicked and you know, there were no mistakes, no turnovers. And so everything went really well. And that same game, the other team just couldn't seem to do anything right. It was like the worst game they had all year. They had fumbles and drop passes and bad calls, of course. Now, those 31 non-Super Bowl winners, they're saying, you know, next year, you know, it's going to be better. And, you know, we really should have won. We shouldn't have lost that playoff game or we shouldn't have lost a game that kept us out of the playoffs or, you know, I don't know lousy refs. You know, they missed all these calls and called everything against my team. So what's my point in this? Sometimes, well, often, our best is not good enough. And on our own, we just don't make it. I don't think God cares about World Cups or Super Bowls or... Stanley Cups or World Series. He cares about us using our talents and doing the very best that we can with them. It may be in a sport. It may be teaching or singing or being a pilot. Of course, everybody hopes you're giving your best when you're a pilot. It may be being a mom, dad, or a truck driver, or a pastor, whatever. God expects us to be doing our very best. And we need to use what God has given us to the best of our ability. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks that you have your eye on us all the time. It doesn't matter if we are the best of the best or we really struggle with doing the things we want to do. But Lord, you love us just the same. And so, Father, help us to, to see that in the lesson that you have for us today. Lord, help us to be opening our ears, our hearts, and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Excuse me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Proverbs 9, verses 10 through 12. Now the first phrase may be familiar. 
the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, we see that on mugs and t-shirts and plaques. And so, you know, that's something we're going to look at because wisdom is the theme of the day. And Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, starts us on this journey. As it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Okay, so we find the word wisdom in the book of Proverbs more than any other book. And the word wise uh, is a close second behind the book of Psalms. So I'm sure we'll be back to the book of Proverbs again. But before I move on, I wanted to try and find a, a definition or a difference between wisdom and knowledge. And really, that's not a simple answer. Okay, wisdom is seeking, or excuse me, wisdom is seeing things as God sees things. Knowledge is information that someone has about something. Wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge to make good decisions in life. Knowledge is a light we can shine in any direction and it allows us to see a given distance. Wisdom lies within us, but there is no light that we can shine within ourselves to see it, nor can we step to the side and point it out to others. Got that? I hope so, because there's going to be a quiz at the end, okay? Now, I want to look at something that Jesus tells us about wisdom. Okay, in Matthew chapter 7, we find Jesus teaching about many different things. And he's teaching about God's provision, about judging others, about entrance into the kingdom, about uh, disciples, and about prophets. And lastly, he gives us this in Matthew 20, or excuse me, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. This is a parable that may be familiar to you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. There have been many times, many, many times, that I have built on the sand. Okay, times that I thought I was being wise and found out that I was not. Because I look back and I see that there was no wisdom at all in some of the decisions that I made. Okay, I'm not going to list them here, um, but I'm sure that you can make your own list. But like the unwise builder that Jesus talked about, may have really looked like a good idea at first. Okay, you know, he's building this house and, you know, obviously it's along the, the beach 
or a river, wherever it might be, because he's building on the sand. And he's, oh, I got a great view here. This is really good. You know, nobody's ever built here before. Well, then he finds out why. It was good until the storm came. And for us, what we did was good until we find that that used car that we bought, you know, the guy wasn't being honest with you. It's really a piece of junk. Or it was really a good idea until you had to pay for it. Or it was a good idea until it broke the very first time you used it. Or it was a good idea until you were betrayed. Get the picture? Been there and done that? We all have. We've all been unwise. Well, Jesus gave another example in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 30. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Sometimes we may purchase something and after a while we find out, you know, you really couldn't afford it. You know, maybe it's that really nice truck that you wanted or maybe it's the house that you're in or maybe it's the clothes that you're buying, whatever it may be. You know, it seemed like a really, really good idea at the time and it was a really good deal, but now it's not. And part of that reason will be because we didn't use the wisdom that we needed to examine that, to sit down like that builder that couldn't finish the building. Okay, we didn't look beyond right now or today into what was coming down the road and what we may be facing. Well, in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul is talking about church leadership. And in verses 10 and 11, he tells us this. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, as pastors, as leaders, as disciples, we're building on that foundation for others. Now, Paul goes on to say, if you build on anything else, gold, silver, costly stones, hay, it will be revealed with fire, and the quality of our work will be tested. And then in verses 14 and 15 of 1 Corinthians 3, he says this, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, let me tell you what this verse means to me or tells me. Okay, a pastor that knows Jesus Christ as Savior, but is not preaching the gospel, not the way he or she should be. And so what is being built is not going to survive. Now, this may get me into trouble, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. Okay, there's pastors that are 
preaching all about the warm fuzzies, telling people what they want to hear, watering down the gospel to thousands of people. And he's going to find out that much of that is being burned up or is being lost. Okay, Paul goes on to say this in verses 18 to 20. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise is futile. Worldly wisdom, it's worthless. Okay? It might look good on the surface, might sound good. You may get a lot of people who agree with you, but it's worthless. And as we look at Scripture, you know, there's really no reason for not having wisdom. Okay, James lets us know that in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. God wants, no, God expects his children to be wise in what they do. To be wise in our daily lives, our personal lives, in the decisions that we make but especially to be wise when we're dealing with his church. Because it's unwise decisions that we may make for God's church is going to pull it down. He says it's going to be tested by fire and it's going to be lost. Well, let's go back to where we started, back to the book of Proverbs. I'll give you a few references to wisdom and being wise. I'll let you find rest. Okay, I need to start in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, and make an attempt at explaining a question that you may have. Okay, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice to the public square. On the top of the wall, she cries out, and at the city gate, she makes her speech. Okay, you may wonder why wisdom is referred to as a woman. I know I did for years myself, and I'll give you what I found. But I think most people have wondered that, except some women would say, well, of course wisdom is a woman. Ah, what do you mean? There's no, no doubt about that. And eh, they may be right. But here's the explanation that I found. One of the Hebrew words for wisdom is hakmat. And this noun is a feminine plural. So I don't know if that helps you or not, but maybe you need to do a little research on your own. And the rest of these verses, I'm just going to give you a few out of Proverbs. I'm not going to go into any kind of explanation I'm just going to give them to you 
and you can find them yourself and check them out. Okay, so Proverbs 8, 10 and 11. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. 12.15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. I really like that one. Again, if you want to become a wise person, you hang out with wise people. You want to become a good baseball player, you hang out with guys that are good baseball players or drummers or whatever it is that you want to be better at. You hang out with those people. Okay, and then the last one is 1728. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. I think I've given this challenge before, but here it is again. Okay, I'd like to have you read through the book of Proverbs. Okay, there's 31 chapters, so you can wait until February 1st if you want, or you can start today, read a chapter a day. Now, there's going to be months, especially like February coming up, where you've got more chapters than days, so you read an extra one in there someplace. Okay, and I did it for almost a year and did different uh, translations of the Bible each time. And so you could see a little bit of difference in some, you could see a lot of difference in others. But that's my challenge to you today. Oh, man, I forgot the quiz. Well, maybe next time. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just give you thanks that your word that's hundreds, thousands of years old teaches us today just like it did then when it was written. And that we need to be open to all of your word, not just what we like to hear, not just what we agree with or think we understand. But Lord, be open to be challenged and be open to uh, seeing things in a new way. And Lord, I, I know that that happens for me a lot of times reading in a different uh, versions of the Bible. So, Father, help us as your children to be seeking out what you have for us. Help us to find the wisdom that you give us on page after page of your word. And, Lord, I just lift up anyone that's listening to this that has never made a commitment to you, that they never uh, made your Son the Savior and the Lord of their lives that they need, that they've been searching for different things and I just keep getting frustrated time and time again to learn, let them know today that Jesus Christ is what they've been looking for and that Jesus went to the cross and died on that cross for their sins, for my sins and their sins and everybody's and that nobody has been too bad and nobody is too good. So Lord, let them pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for Jesus, the Savior of the world. Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, help me to live my life 
in the way you want me to. Help to build me up and keep me strong and to draw me closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.